Hello, my name is Michael and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. Dear friends, and welcome to episode number 67 of Forever Sound Version. In this episode, I'm going to be addressing one of my all-time favourite systems, the Sega Mega Drive, or the Sega Genesis as my friends over in the United States know it. The excellent tune that we just had to kick off the show was Whirlwind from Shinobi 3 Return of the Ninja Master, released in 1993. The composers of the soundtrack were Morihiko Akiyama, Hirofumi Murasaki, and Masayuki Nagao. The Mega Drive is hugely important to me personally because it was the first console I owned, as I received one as a Christmas present in the early 90s. At that time I did already own a Game Boy and I had access to a couple of 8-bit systems at my granddad's house but getting a Mega Drive of my own was a big deal, as I could play my favourite games like World of Illusion, as well as some first-class arcade conversions like Super Hang-On, without having to visit friends' houses all the time. Plus, mine was a Japanese model. I really don't know how a Japanese model reached me, but I wasn't complaining. It made mine special. Perhaps it's a little bit odd that I hadn't gotten around to doing a Mega Drive focus episode up until now, but the Mega Drive sound has always been a staple of Forever Sound version. In fact, there are whole episodes dedicated to series that helped cement the system's status as an icon of the 16-bit era, namely Sonic the Hedgehog and Streets of Rage. So if you need some more Mega Drive music in your life after this episode is over, go and check those out. Right now though, let's have another tune. Here's Toe Jam Jammin' from the classic 1991 title Toe Jam and Earl, a highly memorable game for its bizarre humour, wildly original gameplay elements and funk-inspired soundtrack. The composer is John Baker. Thank you. 
Toe Jam Jammin' from Toe Jam and Earl on the Sega Mega Drive. Just about the closest you'll get to hearing Parliament Funkadelic playing through a video games console, I would venture. From what I can tell, this was the very first game soundtrack that composer John Baker worked on, and he did a tremendous job on it. This bass-led tune is very, very catchy, and the way it breaks down to the sampled drums is, as Toe Jam and Earl themselves would say, Jammin'. Toe Jam and Earl sees the game's eponymous heroes, a pair of decidedly strange-looking aliens, crash land on planet Earth, wrecking their spaceship and scattering its parts all over the place. If you are to get the twosome back to their home planet of Funkatron, yes, really, you have to find all of the pieces of the ship, but this is far from straightforward, since you have to dodge numerous troublesome Earthlings like hula dancers, insane dentists, and phantom ice cream van drivers. The game's principal creators, Greg Johnson and Mark Voersanger, have claimed that Toejam and Earl was heavily influenced by the game Rogue in terms of its basic gameplay system of trying to get from one randomly generated level to the next, but to call it a roguelike would be quite misleading, I think. No other roguelike I know of is nearly as zany as Toejam and Earl. Released in Japan in 1988, the USA in 1989, and the UK in 1990, the Mega Drive was Sega's bid to challenge dominant Nintendo in the console gaming world. Nintendo had basically bossed the game globally with the NES, while Sega's Master System failed to mount much of a challenge, with the notable exception of Brazil where Sega was able to find a special niche. There was also the PC Engine, or TurboGrafx-16 as it was known in the States, a joint venture between NEC and Hudson Soft, which proved to be very popular in Japan, 
But by the late 1980s, the home console gamer was ready for more than what the NES and PC Engine's 8-bit CPU-based systems could offer, as the arcades were being lit up by all manner of innovative new titles driven by 16-bit hardware platforms like Sega's System 16. Enter the Mega Drive, housing the same Motorola 68000 processor that powered System 16, This powerful system's release struck a decisive blow, two whole years before Nintendo's 16-bit console, the Super Famicom, hit Japan. Of course, consoles need games in order to be viable, and the Mega Drive software library is one that made Sega a force to be reckoned with on the world stage. One particularly notable title, and something of a killer app as they say, featured a certain blue hedgehog. 1991's Sonic the Hedgehog ignited a massive media phenomenon in the West, so while the Japanese public were somewhat slow to embrace the Mega Drive, the machine became a household name and indeed a household presence across America and Europe. The Mega Drive is estimated to have sold between 30 and 35 million units worldwide, and only 10% of these sales are attributed to Japan. Due to a bewildering and unpredictable technological landscape in the 1990s, and some catastrophic missteps, Sega's fortunes as a console developer went from good, to bad, to very bad after the Mega Drive's commercial life ended, with the Mega CD, 32X, Saturn and Dreamcast all largely failing to replicate the Mega Drive's success. So, I don't think it's too much of a reach to suggest that the Mega Drive was Sega's finest hour. Coming up next, a track from an American-made game courtesy of Electronic Arts, Road Rash, released on the Sega Mega Drive in 1991. Here's a seriously rocking effort called Pacific Coast, composed by a true video game music hero, Rob Hubbard.
That was Pacific Coast from Road Rash, composed by Rob Hubbard. I love this tune for how Hubbard's trademark heavy style is made to work on the Mega Drive's FM synth-based sound hardware. It really does sound quite a lot like the sort of thing he composed for the Commodore 64's SID chip. In fact, the ongoing Kickstarter, Project Hubbard, features this same piece in SID form as part of the Rob Returns collection of new SID tunes by this most celebrated of British game composers. And it stands up pretty well. In 1988, after years of providing high-quality music for a plethora of C64 games, Rob Hubbard moved from the UK to the US to work at Electronic Arts, where he contributed sound to Mega Drive titles like John Madden Football, The Immortal, and Desert Strike Return to the Gulf. I feel that Hubbard's tunes in Road Rash are some of his best though, so I hope you enjoyed this pick. Now it's time for a little bit of technical information on the Mega Drive sound hardware. The main sound chip inside Sega's famous black box is the YM2612, produced by Yamaha. This chip provides six channels of FM synthesis, a type of synthesis that was prevalent in Japanese arcade and computer gaming since many arcade boards and home computer systems like the PC-88 and PC-98 series by NEC housed FM synth chips from Yamaha. The prevailing sound of the YM2612 contrasts sharply with the sample-based sound of Nintendo's Super Famicom. Remember that this was the generation before Redbook Audio, that is, CD-quality streaming audio, started to become the norm in video game music. The sounds that the YM2612 can produce might be described as bright, harsh, metallic or glassy, but in the right hands, I think the word beautiful is enough. Additionally, channel 6 of the YM2612 can be used to play 8-bit PCM samples instead of FM synth sounds. This functionality is often used to great effect in Mega Drive games for sampled drum and vocal sounds. Supplementing the YM2612 is the Texas Instruments SN76489, a PSG, or programmable sound generator, that is also found in Sega's Master System and Game Gear. This chip offers three square wave channels and one noise wave channel, a classic combination in 8-bit chip music. When used in conjunction with the YM2612, a total of 10 simultaneous channels is possible, making for some very rich textures. We're going to hear what these textures can sound like now as we listen to the tune Round 2-1 from the horizontally scrolling shoot-em-up Gainug, known in America as Wings of War. This exciting, heroic-sounding track combines lush FM synth patterns and leads, galloping sampled drums, and PSG chords and embellishments. Plenty of tasty stuff to enjoy here. The composer is Noriyuki Iwadare.
Gainug is a very interesting title for its fantasy setting. Here's an extract from the game's manual. Welcome to Icus, planet of the flying men. You are war, a winged battlemaster with the power to hurl bolts of energy and control the magical forces of nature. Your planet has been taken over by an evil virus that has mutated into a collection of the grossest creatures ever to slime a tunnel. They are the mutants of Icus, led by the terrible Destroyer. Many have taken on the mutants before you, and failed. Now it's your turn. From the deepest caverns of Icus to the belly of the beast itself, you must fly and fight for the life of your planet. It won't be easy, but then the best battles never are. Destroy the Destroyer, and Icus will be saved. Its skies free once again. But fail, and your wings will be clipped. Forever. Gainuk throws all sorts of weird and wonderful looking enemies at you. Most are just cannon fodder, but its terrifying screen-filling bosses are no joke. If you fancy yourself as a shoot-em-up expert, but haven't played this one before, then I can wholeheartedly recommend it. It's a great game in every respect. Moving on, I think it's time for something a bit more relaxing. I've picked out a tune from 1990's Columns, a game that can be understood as Sega's answer to Nintendo's smash hit puzzle game Tetris. This is La Thesis, composed by Tokuhiko Uwabo. from Columns there, 
composed by Tokuhiko Uwabo. In Columns, you are able to select between three different tunes using the game's options menu. In addition to the other two tunes, Clotho and Atropos, Lathesis, which we can assume is a misspelling of Lachesis, is named after one of the three fates of ancient Greek religion, a figure who was responsible for determining how long a life an individual should be granted. This is quite profound stuff for an arcade-style puzzle video game. Still, Columns is a very easy game to get into. It was one of the few Mega Drive titles I owned that my mother, who was otherwise not very bothered about video games, could pick up and enjoy. It might not be the most interesting puzzle game ever invented, but it's colourful, relaxing and nicely paced. We're going back to the world of scrolling shoot 'em ups now with a track from Crossfire, released in 1991. Here's In The Air, composed by Tsukasa Masuko. That was In The Air from Crossfire. Crossfire is something of an oddball. This game, developed by AI and published by Kyugo, was titled Super Airwolf in Japan, and basically served as a licensed title for the 80s television show Airwolf. The Japanese version of this game even plays a Sega Mega Drive chip music version of the show's famous theme tune, which is a real joy to hear. The game itself is a serviceable shoot 'em up incorporating both helicopter based combat levels and commando style ground stages. Hardly the most groundbreaking game that ever found itself with a Mega Drive release, 
but one that should present a stern, albeit fun challenge to fans of the genre. Well, since I just insinuated that there are more groundbreaking games on the Mega Drive, let's hear from one of them. Next up is a tune from Echo the Dolphin, a 1992 title that went on to be the UK's fourth best-selling video game of 1993. This is Jurassic Beach, composed by Andras Magyari, Spencer Nilsson and Brian Coburn. Jurassic Beach from Echo the Dolphin there. There's some dazzling FM sound design to enjoy on this one, with deft pitched percussion figures linking up with some slow-burning melodic material to make for an ethereal soundscape befitting the elegant and deeply atmospheric design of the game at large, in which you assume control over a dolphin named Echo to save the oceans from a malignant extraterrestrial force. In a 2013 interview, Echo the Dolphin's producer, Ed Annunziata, revealed that he encouraged his music team to emulate the sound of Pink Floyd records to complement his vision for the game. I find it interesting how video game music of the 16-bit era sometimes sought to emulate non-video game music in this way. A famous example being Yuzo Koshiro's excellent soundtracks for the Streets of Rage games, which were inspired by contemporaneous developments in dance music. Reflecting on the culture of the early 90s, the Mega Drive represents something of a dark side, a cool and, dare I say it, edgy foil to what Nintendo was offering around the same time. 
The classic school playground argument of Mega Drive versus SNES lives on as retro games enthusiasts disagree over who really ruled the 16-bit era. But to me, they're both great platforms that I continue to get a lot of enjoyment from. One exciting way in which the Mega Drive's relevance has been sustained lies in its place in the modern demo scene, as modest as it is. Being a console rather than a home computer, the Mega Drive isn't exactly a classic and widely used demo platform, but the demo group Titan have produced two outstanding productions for it, named Overdrive and Overdrive 2, with some astonishing visual effects and killer soundtracks composed by the talented composer Strobe. If you think you know what the Mega Drive is capable of and you haven't seen either of these demos, then I insist that you check them out as soon as possible. YouTube will sort you out. I really hope that you enjoyed my selection of tracks from the Sega Mega Drive. Sega's concept of blast processing might have been a silly fabrication, but the quality of this system's music was, and still is, very real. If you'd like to get in touch, please feel free to email me at foreversoundversion at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can throw me a little tip by visiting ko-fi.com slash foreversoundversion. Ko-fi being ko-fi.com. Also, I'd like to thank the radio station BBC Newcastle for kindly featuring two quite lengthy extracts of my recent episode dedicated to kart racing games on their BBC Upload show recently. It was a lot of fun for me to hear the springy sounds of Japan-only Game Boy games on the actual airwaves. I hope that we can make it happen again soon. Finally, I would like to alert my listeners to a fundraising event happening on the 29th of February, in which Forever Sound Version superstar guests John and Joseph will be playing Final Fantasy VII for 24 straight hours to raise money for Rainforest Trust UK. A really great cause to get behind in these worrying times. You can check out their campaign at justgiving.com slash fundraising slash John and Joseph. That is J-O-H-N-A-N-D-J-O-S-E-P-H. I have one more tune lined up to close this episode, and it's a very nice one indeed, from a game that inspires waves of nostalgia whenever I'm reminded of it. Golden Axe 2, released on the Sega Mega Drive in 1991. This is the game's end credits tune, composed by Naofumi Hataya. Thank you very much for listening, and remember, Sega did what Nintendo didn't, or something like that. All the best for now. <laughs>